The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I'm so excited to have a few guests today from Hospice of the Fisher Home in Amherst. I am joined by Maria Rivera, who is the executive director of Hospice of the Fisher Home, and Dina Stander, who is a Fisher Home board member and end-of-life doula um, and chaplain and a lot of other great things that we're going to hear about. Um, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Welcome to the both of you. Thank you so much for having us. We're delighted to be here with you today. (laughs) Me too. We already got some like feelings out of the way and sort of like went there with each other. So I feel like this is going to be a great conversation. So maybe we'll kick it off with you, Maria, and you can tell us a little bit about what Hospice of the Fisher Home is for people who might have a a relationship with hospice or know about it, but doesn't intimately know the Fisher Home in Amherst. Absolutely. So what hospice does, all hospices, is they serve people who are facing a life-limiting illness, um, usually the prognosis of six months or less of their life. And we support the patient and the families throughout that last part of their lives. Um, So the Hospice of the Fisher Home is an independent, non-affiliated hospice. Um, We serve uh, patients and families throughout the Tri-County area, and we have a nine-bed residence in Amherst. Amazing. And so you said six months or so, so you've been given the the person has been giving a prognosis of imminent death, more or less. Yeah, I mean, not imminent death, but they have a life-limiting illness. Um, The likelihood that they would be with us in six months is, um, is, it's not likely. And so we want them to live the rest of the time that they do have um, with uh, comfort and um, support. And so um, I read on your website that your mission is to provide compassionate, comprehensive, supportive end-of-life care to patients and their loved ones in their homes or throughout the community. That's right. So tell me more about that. Um, How does that sort of look on a day-to-day basis? So hospice is a safety net for people who are at the end of their lives. Um, So it's a comprehensive care model that really works. Um, There are a medical director, a nurse, um, CNA, social workers, spiritual counselor, bereavement counselors, and volunteers that all are all working together to support you at the end of your life. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The care team that comes together to really support not only um, the person that's that's being helped um, by hospice, but also their family and caregivers, um, their sort of circle of of life or of trust or of care, um, if you will. And so Dina, is that where you come in a little bit into this? Because I feel like you might possibly be a board member plus for for the Hospice of the Fisher Home. So the first plus for me with the Hospice of the Fisher Home is that um, in 2006, my mother-in-law died there. And that was sort of my first introduction to hospice and my first introduction to the hospice of the Fisher home. And then I was sort of peripherally aware of it and and my work turned more into death care and end of life care. And um, so my intersection with the hospice of the Fisher home grew and I am really proudly a board member of this organization because I think the work they do is um, pretty fabulous for the community. 
Um, I agree. And so what changed in your work, in the way that you delivered your work? What were you doing prior to 2006? Volunteering at lots of things. I was a mom and um, also a, a wedding officiant. And in 2006, I had what I call a season of loss. And um, in about a month's time, the three really important adults in my life sort of, I mean, I was also an adult, but the my special grownups who weren't my parents all passed away within a 30-day period. It was kind of an unexpected, including my mother-in-law. And um, one of those people had left instructions in their will for their children to contact me and have me do a memorial service for them. So I became, um, uh, it was a really astounding experience, actually. Um, and that for me, sort of a life threshold into end-of-life care, and I studied to become a funeral celebrant, and that made me really curious about how people die and um, led to an internship in hospital chaplaincy and um, work with elders and um study of coaching and also of um, end-of-life doula, um, the universe of the end-of-life doula, I would say. So all of that. and um, But the, the, the Hospice of the Fisher Home is a really important piece for me. It's really an anchoring piece because I get to um, approach my work on the board there as um, a person who's been a family consumer of the Fisher home as um, a professional colleague. I sometimes um, have have people in my care who also need the care of the Fisher home. And um, and as a as just having colleagues in end of life care like Maria, um, who brings so much wisdom um, to her work, both for the organization and for the families who um, are engaged with the Fisher home. And I think that um, the story that you just told is one that really resonates with me, and I'm not sure why. I'd love to hear your opinion on why it is that sometimes birth doulas end up also being um, end-of-life doulas or um, chaplains often end up doing e- either or of those things and sort of having this full circle experience of the human experience. Um that was a really interesting aspect of my doula training cohort was that there were people from so many different areas, you know, people coming from nursing, people who were family caregivers who had um, just more curiosity about um, uh, what sustainable death care is like, uh, people who were either in hospice or palliative care professions coming into the doula world. It's, it, there's a lot of um, people sort of coming into this this sphere, and, and I forgot what your question is. Please <laughs> redirect me. <laughs> I got lost just in the, the weeds. I'm sorry. <laughs> just the connectivity of the circle of birth. Oh, um, uh, and uh, death. Celebration, so connection. Thresholds. Yeah. When I went to study to be a celebrant, we were, you know, I had already been a wedding officiant for a long time. So I understood about that threshold. And I was coming to specifically study about the death threshold. But there are lots of little thresholds in life. And I think that birth and death, the the coming in and, and the leaving, um, really invite a circle of care, right? In the way that a birthing mother um, 
and their and and her partner um, attract the the care of the community. So you know, people who bring soup, not just not just um, the birthing team at the hospital or at home with a midwife, but but the community really comes and and um, offers. And I think that that. Um, you know, my my ideal is that we approach death in a similar way with with a circle of community care and that people have some confidence that their needs will be met, that their pain um, has a chance of being resolved. And and for for people with a terminal diagnosis, um, knowing that their loved ones who are caring for them are also being cared for, Mm -hmm. because that's part of what what hospice does hospice is really a continuum of care Mm -hmm. you know um and and across a lot of thresholds but but so i think that people we are seeing more people sort of moving fluidly between birth care and death care um because a lot of the the skills are are similar, mm-hmm. and, and and with this, you know, centered in this this reverence for life, and plus all the caregivers are knowing and understanding that they're taking care of a, a group, so it's not just one person that you're taking care of. You're taking care of all the loved ones and everybody who's connected. Right then, we're taking care of that that whole unit. It's pretty special. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Amy Wright Glenn, but um, I am a part of her uh, followership and institute um, and love to see just the offerings that she makes. And similarly, you know, birth doula and then uh, UCC chaplain and then uh, end of life doula and now a educator and instructor of an institute. But yeah, I absolutely love um just love this conversation because I think it's really important to sort of uh, not revolutionize the conversation of death, but make it more of a friend with us and make it sit more alongside of us um, because it is such a, such a piece of who we are, you know, as much as we live, we also all die. So um, I really appreciate that. And um, I appreciate the Hospice of the Fisher Home being here right in Amherst as well. I think that's amazing. Um, We're so lucky to have you here. And here we are at our first break, which we need to take. Um, I'm Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show, and I'm joined today with Maria Rivera and Dina Stander from the Fisher uh, Hospice of the Fisher Home. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with some friends from Hospice of the Fisher Home in Amherst. If you want to know more about them, you can go to their website, fisherhome.org, and it's spelled F-I-S-H-E-R, just in case you were wondering. Um, And so... We heard from Dina Stander earlier about herself and her role um, as a board member of the Fisher Home. And now, Maria, I'd love to hear about your journey. How did you come to be here? Let's see. You arrived in 2011? Yep, 2011. Actually, (laughs) I, I got hired by Fisher Home in 2011. I actually came to the Fisher Home quite by accident. Um, I graduated nursing school in 2010 and 
I was looking for work and at that time there were no jobs available for nurses. So I started working for an agency, which is, they just send you around from here to there. And you fill in when people are short. Um, and it's, it was really funny because the first place that I ever took the keys as a real live nurse was the hospice of the Fisher home. And I took those keys from my very first charge nurse when I became a CNA. Um, years earlier so it was sort of a full circle moment uh, and that's kind of how hospice is I think a lot of the time you're not looking for it. it it looks for you and the work is sort of finds the people that are supposed to be doing that kind of work um, so the minute that I started working there because I had been going you know I had been in a lot of healthcare facilities over the years doing different kinds of work and um, just it struck me right away how special the hospice of the Fisher home really is. Everybody who was there had this attitude of love and generosity. And I often say that what struck me was the attitude of yes. And I find a lot of times in healthcare, people are, they are encountering resistance at all times. And someone is always trying to advocate for themselves or advocate for somebody that they love and they're always met with a resistance at first and then they have to kind of find their way to the thing that they need and what struck me about the Fisher home was that the answer was an immediate yes and then you could find your way to that yes together it might not be the easiest way way to get there but you know we were always going to try to make the the person have the thing or that they want or have the family get what they need and i think that was a culture that existed there that made me want to be there for the long term so i've done a lot of things at the fisher home <laughs> um i've been um a floor nurse there um i have been the admissions coordinator so taking the phone calls from the people who are brave enough to make that first attempt at reaching out to a hospice. Um, I've been the nurse manager and the clinical director and um, about three years ago or a little over three years ago became the executive director. So um, it's been my main mission since I've been there to keep alive that same culture that existed when I arrived, which is that culture of yes and that culture of, um, you know, always wanting to do the right thing. So. You know, back then we only had the nine beds and maybe a random community patient. That's what we refer to community patient, uh, our patients that are not living within the residence. But um, so back then maybe we had one or two patients that were out in the community and then usually it was just the residents. Um, now, actually more than two thirds of the patients that we serve every year live in their own homes or in a skilled nursing facility, assisted living, um, anywhere out in the community that they need us, well, Fisher Home will come to you. And so what does that process look like and how do people find you? They call you and then you say yes, if you can, or is it an unlimited yes? Is it uh, we have to do an intake and kind of check out what the situation is? Like, how does that process work for people who are curious about joining? Yeah, so anybody can refer anyone else to hospice. So 
and they can refer themselves. Some people, they have the misconception that you, your doctor has to refer you to hospice, but that's just not true. You can call a hospice, any hospice at any time and say, you know, this is what's going on for me in my life or my family member in their life. And people who work in hospice, all they want, they want to help you. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what your situation is. You can just call hospice and say, you know, I have a loved one or I've, I'm going through this and we'll talk it out. That's the, it's a conversation that starts. And then from there, if you want somebody to come out and give an informational visit, tell you what services could be offered, maybe do an assessment of the situation, have your have eyes on, um, we're always available to do that too. And so is this free of charge? Is it billed through insurance? Do you have like Medicare, Medicaid available? Like how does the process work? Yeah, so hospice is an insurance benefit. So basically um, 99% of hospice care is covered by, um, 90. I should say it a different way, 99% of people who um, receive hospice services um, are Medicare patients. So that is... Um, Basically, everything that I described to you before, the, all the people that we were talking about and all the support people and um, any equipment that you might need, um, any medications that are related to your diagnosis, all of those things are 100% covered by the Medicare hospice benefit. So um, it's free of charge if you're living in your own home or if you're living in an assisted living or wherever. If we come to you, there is no charge for the hospice benefit. Um, so that's a really wonderful thing. Um, the hospice residence does have a room and board fee associated, um, for 75 a day, uh, which is typically privately paid, but it's part of our mission to not have payment be, you know, the end all and be all of whether you can come to the residence or not. So we do, um, budget for some subsidies. And so that is a part of the nine bed model that's at the facility. That's correct. Got it. And so I was also reading on your website, which is fisherhome.org, that you're one of two agencies in Massachusetts that are like this. Is that true? Um, so Did actually, I read that right? <laughs> well, yes, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually are the only hospice residents in Western Massachusetts. So, you know, there's no other, there's no other uh facility or there's no other uh, hospice residents providing 24-hour care by uh, people who are trained to do hospice care. Um, so that is what you're thinking of on that level. On As far as uh, one of two other hospices, um, we are actually one of the only two hospices, not to toot our own horn. No, well, it <laughs> but, was on your website, so please, like, please but, um, toot your own horn. We are actually, there's a website called Care Compare that you can go on. People often ask me, well, how can you tell? Well, you know, what's, There's a lot of things that are going on talking about hospices that are not doing the best work or hospices that are taking, taking advantage of people. And people ask me, well, how can you tell what hospices are, are you know, the bad actors in which hospices are doing the good work. And so I always direct them to the Care Compare website. It's a mass.gov website. And basically you can put in and compare what, you know, how the hospices uh, stack up against each other. So um, what you'll find on there is not only reporting measures that the hospices have to report to CMS, um, you know, up with every patient, but also what family members have said about that hospice after they their loved one has passed on their services. So, um, and <laughs> the 
the horn tooting part <laughs> is that we are one of the only, um, we, first of all, we're the only uh, five-star rated hospice in Western Massachusetts, and we are one of the only two hospices in, in all of Massachusetts that are rated five-star. So, um, you know, we, we worked very hard to make it so. Um, and I did see that. That was another one of my notes. <laughs> it was all kind of tied in really nicely together. I was like, what is this five-star rating? Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned some staff um, that really helped to make this all happen, right? So how many staff do you have in addition to yourself? Uh, we have 54 in addition to myself. So uh, it's an important thing. We, are, we, we employ people in our community doing an important thing. And I think that a lot of people think of us as being a lot smaller than that. Mm -hmm. They think of us when, when they're thinking about the hospice of the Fisher home, they think of just the little house. And it could be something, our name, you know, the hospice of the Fisher home, it's sort of, you know, but um, we, we actually are, are a lot bigger than you might think and, and serve a lot of people. Yeah, I didn't think that. I mean, I saw Dr. Jeffrey on there and Kathy, yeah. Curtis, and Alexander. Um, so I was assuming like around five. I was not guessing 54. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a lot yeah. of people. A lot more sure people is. than I thought, for sure. Um, and so the little house, where is the little house? Um, that's on North Pleasant Street in in, in Amherst, in North Amherst. Um, and um, it is, it's a beautiful place and um you know, it's a good place for if our patients who are being served in our community need to come, that they can that they can come and get um, some services and then return home. So that's always nice as well. Great. Um, here we are at another break. I'm Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with some friends from Hospice of the Fisher Home in Amherst, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster. WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with some friends from Hospice of the Fisher Home in Amherst, uh, Maria Rivera and Dina Stander. Yeah. Not sitter, stander. <laughs> That's what she told me earlier. I got it. Um, so we've been talking about some really great stuff all about hospice um, and why uh, the hospice of the Fisher Home is so special and how lucky we are to have it in our community. But one thing that we haven't talked about yet is the hospice shop, which is at 6th University Drive in Amherst. And, and I have where we get all the good to stuff. say, yeah, I mm -hmm. um, so I need to go in more often than I have in the past. But in preparing for our conversation, I like to search people online and look up your website. And so I landed on your beautiful website of items that are for sale at the hospice shop right now. So you could go to your website, which is fisherhome.org, F-I-S-H-E-R home.org, um, and click on the tab shop, which I did last night at around midnight because I was up uh, with insomnia and wanting to do this well. Um, and I ended up finding a typewriter for my daughter, a book about New York for kids for my daughter, and then some vintage um, jeans, which I really wanted to be my size, but they're not. And so I did a, a child shop yesterday, but there were amazing things. Um, icons for Eileen Fisher and a vintage um, button that you could click and men's, women's, accessories. I mean, so good. 
so good so good so do either of you want to talk about um the hospice shop and sort of what that means to hospice of the fisher home yes i bet we we both want to talk about yeah. the hospice you shop because, <laughs> because we love it um so yes the hospice shop is uh is a thrift shop basically that um that people donate their gently used items to, clothing, housewares, that sort of thing. And then um, Allie Diamond, who's the director there, uh, she really has a knack for curating items and 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 picking the very best stuff to put in the shop and, and for making the shop look beautiful and fun. And um, But every, so everything that's purchased from the hospice shop is all the proceeds go directly to supporting the hospice of the Fisher home. Um, so it's a really important part of what we do, and um, it it really helps us a lot in our mission. And it's always an adventure. And it's always an adventure. For shoppers. <laughs> and um, the, the other day I found a, a bowl and a cup with a little um, hand-painted, I think, in, in Germany, but like it said, made in Western Germany on the label, so it's old, and it's it's a little rooster, a little rooster in a f- sort of barnyard, but I've been having my breakfast in it for a couple <laughs> weeks because it's so delightful. It's just a lovely place for treasures, but also um, for work clothes. And it's it's the hospice shop is on University Drive, really close to the university, um, an easy place for um, people who are looking for job interview clothes to um, come in and, and, and find a crisp blouse or you know whatever you might need or um my kids have been getting birthday presents from there for years and years from me so yeah uh, but it you know hospice shop adventure time we call it yeah well i'm i'm excited i have a big bag of stuff in the back of my car which i'm gonna (laughs) send off to you and everybody Um, i have to say we that's how that's how the the world goes around at the hospice shop the donations are so important yeah so anytime you're thinking about donating anything nice or you know have a little thing that you think would you're going to donate just drop it right off at the hospice shop and do you take donations every day? Are there certain days that you take them? I know that some places have different rules and regs about that. There are hours for donation, and um, please check the website. Got it. Thank you so much for that. Um, well, hopefully I'll be adding to some of the work clothes component um, <laughs> thing in the near but the future. the snazzy work, show, work yeah, clothes. I mean, yeah, not I mean, just any work clothes. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> work clothes with yes, pizzazz. Yes some, <laughs> yes, some decor and pattern and things like that. Color, yes, for sure. Um, so I'm so excited to talk about this next piece, which is an upcoming event of yours. Um, since we're on the whole like additional funding and like multiple streams of income, I feel like this is a really fun thing to talk about. So I don't know, Dina, if you want to talk about this a little bit, give Maria a break. My role with the Fisher (laughs) Home Board is outreach. That was my, when I came onto the board and I said, well, what what do I want to make my job here with this organization? And it's outreach and it's getting out into the community and talking about what hospice is, but also, um, a lot of people, for instance, in Franklin County don't know that they can receive home care from Hospice of the Fisher Home. So I'm wanting to get the name of the Fisher Home um, more with more familiarity out into the community. And along those lines, back in January, I was thinking, what can I do for Hospice of the Fisher Home outreach this year that will be fun for me as a project? And... 
I'm the coordinator of a small organization called the Northeast Death Care Collaborative, and I decided it would be fun to mash up the Northeast Death Care Collaborative and the Hospice of the Fisher Home and produce a benefit event. And um, this is a live Stories from the Stage event um, taking place at the Shea Theater in Turner's Falls on Sunday, November 5th. It is a 2 p.m. matinee because who wants to go out late in November on a Sunday afternoon? Nobody. Not at all. So Nobody. 2 p.m., too, dark, too, not too cold. This event is called Healing Waters, and I struggled for weeks to figure out what to name this event because the, the themes of the stories are loss, mourning, solace, and hope because you want to make sure there's an arc that's has a little redemptive lift. Yeah, you want to come there. up on the on the and, end there. Like, you know, <laughs> just like leave everyone no, like you know, you on the to, down slope. You, you yeah, got, and gotta, then you've got to keep your promise. Yeah. So, so um, you're going to end with some hope So we're stories. going to end up, well, well, we'll all get there together. Yeah, great. And maybe some singing. But but Healing Waters I love was, singing. I was thinking I should call this Grief <laughs> Journeys because, you know, and I was like, nobody's going to want to come to Grief Journeys. But if you call it Healing Waters, well, that is something that people want to move towards. Mm. And um, in my work with the Fisher Home, I really want people to know that, um, again, across the arc of, of what death care is, from, from when we uh, begin to contend with mor- mortality to when we are um, mourning a loved one, um, hospice provides resources that remove opti- obstacles and reduce suffering. And that is the work of the Hospice of the Fisher Home in the community. And so Healing Waters is a benefit. It's a benefit for the Hospice of the Fisher Home. Um, It's going to be two sets of storytelling. Um, Hopefully there's a choir in there and maybe we'll do a little singing. Nothing with any kind of religious overtones, I promise. And... um, yeah. And tickets are sliding scale. 15 to $35. And there's also going to be um, some interesting art. Got it. And so if people want to sign up, should they just show up? Should they just show up at the event or do, is there tickets in advance? So there's tickets in advance. And if you're looking for, um, you can go to the, the Shea Theater website. I think it's the Shea.org, but I'm good. Uh, I'm, Maybe the shadetheater.org. org, yeah. And um, there's a ticket. It's in their calendar, and you can buy tickets there. Um, there's also um, a playbill for the show. Um, if people want to advertise in the playbill, they can send a note to healingwatersinfo at gmail.com. And if you want any other information about the show, um, please be in touch with us at healingwatersinfo at gmail.com. And will tickets be available at the door? Tickets will be available at the door. It is a 300-seat theater, so don't hesitate to come. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and we're doing everything we can to make the space COVID-safe, especially for the storytellers who can't be masked while they're performing. And we're going to get some Corsi Rosenthal boxes on stage. And I'm just excited that we're trying to tick off all these boxes um, so that um, we create a safe space um, for lost morning solace and hope but also for us to to breathe in yeah and i i love these cards i'm a big um distributor of pieces of paper that have other people's um events on them and i 
I love the front, not only with your toes in the water, maybe. Those those happen to be my yeah. little twinkle your, toes. Your toes in the water. In the water. <laughs> um, and some info. But then if you flip it over on the back, it says, be gentle, I'm grieving. Um, which is really just uh, a nice landing place for people. You know, I, I wouldn't throw this away. Even if the event went by, I would um, stick this side on my fridge, for example. Exactly, or give um, it to a friend. Yeah, exactly. Who's so having I a hard day. I appreciate this because it has... <laughs> staying power for sure thank you yes you're welcome and i think that um maria was really smart to have you join the board and be the outreach person because you're very personable and stuff like this is like a nonprofit stream for board members to like come up with their own stuff and do and, it and well yeah right? and not right, have to make the staff Absolutely. do it right? yeah. for me 100 percent yeah yeah, it's okay. Here we are again. Um, we have to take another break, but um, you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with my friends from uh, Hospice at the Fisher Home in Amherst, Maria and Dina. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm joined today by my guests, Maria Rivera, who is the executive director of Hospice of the Fisher Home, and Dina Stander, who is a Fisher Home board member and more. Um, it's been really great to talk to you both today. <clears throat> and we finally come to the part where you get to tell us about the capital campaign that you're doing. Keep us rooted. I'm so excited about this. Oh my goodness, yes. We're excited about it too. Um, so it's been a long time that you know the building itself has been sort of in need of some uh, uh, critical upgrades. Um, but it's a difficult thing to do to take care of patients who need quiet and calm in in their space and then upgrade these things. So we've sort of been patching them up and fixing them up as much as we could. And it just it, it just isn't possible anymore. Um, so um, we had to move all of our patients out of our residence um, and and start replacing the heating ventilation. <laughs> heating ventilation, air conditioning, cooling, um, and we needed a new generator to make sure that our patients were safe if, in case of power outages and just general building upgrades that can't just can't happen with patients there. Um, so, you know, it's been a, a very challenging time for the Hospice of Fisher Home, um, for its staff, for its families, for its patients, and um, just also we're a small nonprofit organization in the Valley. And, you know, as I said, we're the only hospice residents, so it's a really important thing that we remain, uh, you know, a, a resource to the community. Uh, so we've been working hard to raise our goal of uh, $500,000. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can give if you feel led to do so. You can do so at www.fisherhome.org, which there's a donate button. Um, you can donate through our Facebook page. You can donate through <laughs> donate through our Instagram. So you know, there's a lot of different ways that you could give. Um, but it's really important that we um, just try as much as we can to remain here as a, as a valuable resource. If you're shopping at the hospice of the Fisher Home Hospice Shop, you can also um, drop extra um, funds into the donation jar there. Oh, that's helpful to yeah, know. Yeah, so if you happen to be coming out looking for treasures. Yeah, and there is no amount of money. You might think to yourself, oh, they want to raise $500,000? Oh, I don't know if I could be helpful with that. That seems like there's nothing that we can do. But, you know, 
you know, $50, $500, any amount of money that you can can spare to help the Hospice of the Fisher Home continue to do the good work that we do, because we do, we do really good work. And it's a very special, special organization. So if there's anything that you can do, even the smallest thing, to help us, that would be really, really appreciated. And so tell me a little bit about the name, Keep Us Rooted. Where does that come from? Um, we just really wanted to be, we wanted people to understand that we're a part of this community, that we're rooted in this community, and that we're, you know, an important part of what's going on here. People living in the Valley and people living in Amherst and all over the Tri-County area and people dying there, too. And so we wanted to be show people that we're really rooted in, in, in that community. And where are the people that you've had to move out? Are they all over the place? Are they in nursing homes? No, we thought it was very important for them to still receive the Fisher Home love that they usually get. So uh, we did move them to a nursing facility nearby and our staff staffed them 24-7. So make sure that they still get that um, hospice care. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and the board worked really hard um, along with Maria and the staff to figure out a way to get the construction done to um, keep caring for our patients, Mm -hmm. but also to... Um, keep caring for our employees at the same time and sort of keep everybody sort of chugging along. And and we're very excited about how this has worked. And we really do need community support to keep sustaining this remarkable resource. And I know that things have been taking a long time. When do you think that this will be complete? Well, complete is a, (laughs) you know, I think (laughs) we'll be able to move our patients back into uh, the residents very soon. The work will still continue after they do move in. There's things that are not going to be finished and things that are going to need to just, we're just going to keep plugging along at, but hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to at least move our our residents back into their home. Oh, good. That yeah. will be nice before the winter and the snow flies and things yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Cozy. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want to be, especially mm-hmm. if you're nearing the end of your life. You don't want to be cold and lonely. Anyway, which you're not going to be at hospice at your home. Um, so the website, tell me about your website, because I was on it yesterday and it looked fabulous. Thank you. We just launched a new website and we love it too. Um, our old one wasn't very friendly for phones and it just didn't wasn't easy to navigate. So again, uh, fisherhome.org and you can see everything that you need to see about um, about what's going on with us in the moment. We also have um, a new piece of our um of our website called our adoption center where you can see um you know things that we might need a new washing machine a new dryer you know like people have adopted um u.s metal roofing adopted our um our our insul our old insulation to be removed so they said you know we're just going to come in and do that for you for free sherman williams was able to say oh you know what we'll we'll will buy all the paint and to, to make all your or donate all the paint so you can sort of find things in there that if you like to see something um tangible that you think that you'd like to adopt you can just and head on over to the adoption directly center. exactly yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's very much like a hospital would do for well, yeah, like a and naming of and it's a way that elevator that we stairs can and have yeah, people exactly. own this resource in the community uh-huh. that they're really a part of making it happen and that their generosity is essential to keep it here yeah that's excellent and so that is just right on your website there's a yep. adopt adoption center button or exactly well, if you it. just i mean if you're on our website and you just keep scrolling down you'll see adoption center right there yeah so. great yeah 
Um, so what are you looking forward to, you know, beyond this next year into the future? Where are you seeing Hospice of the Fisher home? Um, um, well, I think we're really hoping to, um, along with this, along with this um, renovation, we're working hard to make some changes to the building that may um, allow us to um, widen the uh, the the patients that were broaden the patients that we're able to take care of. So we're looking to sort of upgrade our licensure to be able to accept um, uh, mass health, for instance, um, where we want to be able to accept private insurance. So that's a goal that we've been working towards in conjunction with this renovation. So I think just making Hospice of the Fisher Home Services available to more people in our community would be really my goal. And so is the licensure nine, is that something that can be expanded to more? Are you going to have more beds when you do the renovations or is that staying at nine? No, it it actually it wouldn't. It's not about the changing of the building or um, actually it's not about changing of how many how many rooms we have, really. It's more about um, just general building upgrades that would need to be made uh, to be able to um, get that upgraded licensure to accept different kinds of insurance. Got it. Yeah. And the capital campaign is part of our our, uh, our concerted effort to expand our accessibility in the community. I love that. Yeah. So, um, so you're looking to raise half a million, $500,000, um, and your campaign is running now, so people can go to your website, which is what again? Fisherhome.org. Great. And um, donate there. You can donate any amount, and it's for a very, very necessary and worthy cause. And then um, I hope everyone marked their calendars for Sunday, November 5th at 2 p.m. You should all be at Healing Waters at the Shea Theater in Turner's Falls. Um, it looks like it's going to be a really fun event. It reminded me a little bit of like Cisa's uh, field stories, ta talking about um, just stories of growth and food access yeah. and things like that. Um, so please please go to that please donate to um, hospice of the fisher home um and you know i just wanted to say thank you really quickly to our sponsors greenfield savings bank which is my employer um, which has done so much for me and for others in the community um, 10 branches throughout franklin and hampshire county thank you thank you and also to business west who provides so much information for all of us to read and know about all throughout the four counties of uh, Western Massachusetts. Thank you for doing that and for sponsoring the show. And also to Craig De La Pena, who's my neighbor in Florence. Um, he works at the Murphy's Realtors and him and his wife, Kathy, have a really great bed and breakfast on Chestnut Street in Florence called Sugar Maple Trailside Inn. So if you're ever in need of that, you should definitely look him up. Um, and Maria Rivera and Dina Stander, thank you so much for being here from the Hospice at the Fisher Home. I'm Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Thank you so much. See you again. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.